0: Hello and welcome to Working From Wisdom. In this episode, I am delighted to have my first Irish guest and um, not just any Irish guest, but the lovely, wonderful Fiona Jacob. And Fiona is somebody that I have recently met and had the pleasure of being in her company on a few occasions and sharing in her her beautiful energy and I'm not going to go into Fiona's full bio here but she has certainly had a very interesting and varied career and similar to myself started in nursing. Unlike me though she actually progressed with her nursing career and worked as a director of nursing um, in a major hospital in Riyadh for many years and has had Many experiences, some of them quite scary in particular, um, at one point being held hostage in Baghdad for five months during the first Gulf War. Um, Fiona now works as a transformative coach and she is an absolute delight to talk to. And I really loved our conversation and I loved listening back to it. And I loved her insights and her way of showing up in the world and and that she came and she shared that with me. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Okay. Just as well, I saw that it's recording now. Oh, that was a <laughs> close one. Okay. Fabulous. Start again. Fee, you are very welcome to my podcast, and you are especially welcome as you are my first Irish guest. Hurrah! And as <laughs> as we were just saying, <laughs> it's
1: absolutely first of all brilliant to be here and a great honour. And and I'd also love, and this is the bit that I was pointing to before we hit record. Was it's so great to have these conversations with people all over the world because it's showing just how much sameness is in being human, you know, that we're different cultures, different religions, doesn't matter the color that we are, we're still in the same conversation, the same understanding about who we are. So I think that's really cool too.
0: It is. And you know, that's something that really hit me last week because I was um attending the 3P UK conference. I was doing some helping out volunteering. And that's exactly the feeling that I got was the unity that This simple, beautiful understanding that we share is it just unifies people on on such a deep rooted level that all of that other stuff that seems so important and seems so real, it just becomes irrelevant. It's not anything that needs to be fixed or sorted or it just it's just not important anymore. So. Yeah, that, that's something that really stayed with me after the the three days at the conference. It was a really beautiful experience. Yeah. So, to kick it off, um, I would love to know what working from wisdom means to you. Ooh, oh, what a lovely question! Mm.
1: <laughs> There's almost a deliciousness in that. <laughs> Working from wisdom. Oh, I could go anywhere with that. Let's see what comes up fresh in the moment. Um, I, I was, I think, in one sense, Tracy, I'm kind of always working from wisdom, even when I think I'm not. <laughs> so I'll give you an example because maybe the examples will help, because that just made no sense as a sentence. Um, Last September, my husband and I, Wilhelm, I live in Sweden, by the way, guys. So even though I'm Irish, I've got a little finger that's Swedish. I have to admit to that. Uh, We were driving to the east coast of Sweden. We live in the west. Uh, We were going to look at a boat that we thought we were going to buy. And we were having one of those. It's a three-hour drive. So it's one of those things we get into a deep conversation about life and stuff and how things are working or not working. And Wilhelm pointed out, in a very calm and, and lovely manner, you know, hey, Fee, I was curious, hmm, why your part of the business is not going as well as kind of we hoped or thought when we were looking at it in June. And my first reaction, honestly, Tracy was like, a little bit of defensiveness that just jumped in right there and then, right? And it was like, hey, and the second thing that came to me, and this is why this is such a beautiful conversation was, He's right, and the wisdom was really just so clear, it showed up like this. So it wasn't Andrix puppies, and it wasn't rose petals landing on my lap. It was, You're not all in,
2: you're not all in now. It was the truth, and it was a little uncomfortable, honestly.
1: And it helped so goddamn much. I was gonna say a bad word there, so goddamn much, because it allowed me, A, it woke me up to myself. I was like, what the hell am I not all in? What's that about? And from that, we had this amazing conversation that allowed me to kind of renegotiate, you know, my role in our part of the business together, because we have a business together and I have my own separate business. And what was fascinating about that for me, that did not look like wisdom from the outset. That looked like an accusation and a defense. And instead it became, oh, it became, there's honesty, truth, integrity, and a waking up to something I was asleep to. And so that changed. It's changed the journey. It's changed the exploration. It's changed how I show up. It's changed our business. I mean, why wouldn't you want that to be a little discomforting, right? In a sense, if we wake up like that. So a, a second or maybe 10 seconds, I'll give it 10 seconds of discomfort for all of that. And I'll give you another example. Try right? soon again. I'm not proud of any of these in one sense. I mean, but I think it's useful I, just no, to no, be. You gotta
0: show, show your humility. Faith. Absolutely. It's <laughs> to show sure. the authenticity
1: and vulnerability because otherwise then we just look like something completely different. Something came to me today. I, I have a wonderful client, and really, really interesting. The first conversation that we ever had, and and I'm going to point to this in a way that hopefully makes sense now and makes sense then. We were in a breakout room together in a course that we were doing, and she was to share something, and what we were asked to do was give a gift back to that person. So having heard what they said, was kind of give them a gift or kind of what was on offer. Maybe you could say those words as well or what you saw that might be useful for them, whichever way you want to go with that. And so things came to my mind like floods. Like and I went, nope, nope. <laughs> it was like watching a Tinder screens. I have no idea. Do you swipe left or right, but you swipe one way for no and one way for you. Anyway, whatever that one is, it was a nope, nope. And I was getting a little distraught, actually. I was thinking, oh, Fiona, you know, you've been a coach now for a very long time. You really should have this, this sorted. You should have a handle on this, right? And still, it was nope, not helpful. Nope. And I mean, look, I could have got away with it. I mean, it was good enough. But something
2: just said, wait. Just wait. Wait.
1: And for some reason, she spoke again and she said two sentences and I went, oh God, that's it. And what I said in the next three minutes,
2: and I'm not saying this from my perspective because
1: it changed her life from the perspective of she had been anxious for 40 years and she saw she no longer needed to be. And that's the beauty of this conversation.
2: But fast forward until two two weeks ago. So she and I are still in conversation together. And I noticed there was something off. Little wisdom, little voice of wisdom going, something off here. And today
1: I had this beautiful, forget the Andrex puppies again, or the nice soft rolling clouds in the sky. It was like, duh. (laughs) So if anybody heard that, that was me hitting my forehead. Um, I woke up to, I wanted her to be further along than she was in the conversation, in the seeing, in the experience of life. And that feels like, as I was thinking about it, that's like an anchor that you put on the boat and then you try to speed up. (laughs) like, you're going nowhere fast. That makes no sense. You are where you are. The client is where they are. Meet them there. And I'd forgotten that. But now I haven't. And now I'm going to speak with her today. And now there's like this renewed sense of, ooh, let's look, let's get excited. And the anchor chain has, you know, been rolled up and now it's in the back of the boat. And so I don't know where it's going to go, and I'm not going to pretend that it's going to be the most phenomenal conversation ever held in the world. But, you know, there's every potential for it. There's every potential. Because I've woken up, because wisdom has helped me wake up to myself. And that is what is so delightful and so delicious about wisdom. It can come in all sorts, in flow. It can come with insights that we're just so thrilled to see. It can come and tell me I'm gonna marry the the guy that I did. Fabulous, I loved it. It was a gorgeous insight, I really like that one. And it can come and wake us up. So it's all of it, Tracy, it's absolutely all of it. And when we don't hold out for it needing to look a certain
2: way,
0: we're golden. (laughs) that was lovely they're they're two really beautiful examples and they point to I suppose not just the wisdom but the humanness of us as well you know the ease with which we can fall into our personal thinking and get defensive about things if if we that's our tendency and but it's the beauty of when you recognize that and when you kind of come to a point of releasing the need to be so stuck in that thinking, what can come on the back of that is deeper connections with your, your, in your relationships, um, better understanding and clarity around your business and being a better coach for your clients and actually you know I I used the word humility and that's that's exactly what I heard in there again was a real humility in being okay with seeing that oh actually I wasn't at my best here
1: Oh, I love that. I love it from the sense of, I don't know if it's humanity and humility or just compassion for being human. Yeah. But my experience, and look, I would have run away from this five years ago. So, Tracy, this is me showing up as me. But if, if we'd had this conversation five years ago, maybe even 10 years ago, I'd be going, oh, it's all perfect and it's all lovely and I have my life together. And even though the, the house might be falling down <laughs> around beside me and maybe with me in it, I would have been telling you how gorgeous and great it was because I did not have the no, let me backtrack. I thought that as a coach I had to be perfect and I needed to have all my shit together. Yeah. Now what I have found in this journey is the more we step into the fact that we are both human and spiritual, that we are both perfect and imperfect in this amazing whole of who we are that's w-h-o-l-e of who we are (laughs) um the fact that we that the energy or aliveness has to come into human form and and the human form in itself is not perfect but at the same time tracy it allows us Right now, it's raining here in Gothenburg. It's allowing me to hear the rain. It's allowing me to smell the mown grass. It's allowing me to enjoy my lunch. All of the humanness, we get to enjoy everything through our senses. So for me, I don't want to sit in the enlightened camp on my own, not being human. It doesn't make sense to me. It's like, I'm not sure that's a cop-out, but I, I think because we're in human form, we are here to experience all of it. Yes. The crazy head and the stillness. The anger and the
0: joy. All of it, yes. Yeah, that's something I've really seen too lately is that there is a richness to all of it. And it's only when we label something as being a bad experience that... We, we have another layer of thinking that we shouldn't be having it because it's a bad experience. But what if it's a rich experience, full stop? And I think it's too because
1: we think the experience is happening to us or, or we engage with the experience as if it's happening to us as opposed to it's just an experience or it's an experience. And what I love about this direction of the conversation is we can be with any experience in any way. And we'll experience this every day ourselves. So sometimes we're with our partners or with our kids and we'll experience them one way and an hour later, five minutes later, or a day later, it's like, oh my God, did they arrive from an alien planet because you know they're really weird or off or I hate them or whatever's going on in that moment. So it's not as if that we see things consistently every single moment of every single day, even though it's the same experience or experience of a person or of a situation or of a colleague or a relationship. We will see it in a whole variety of infinite possibility ways that we can. And that's both hopeful and helpful too. Because we're never stuck with one experience of an experience. We're never stuck with one feeling around an experience. So even though there are things that happen in life, there are births, I've been at many of them, you have too. Many of them surrounded with joy and delight and excitement and some surrounded with heartbreak and sadness and anger. It's the same experience, right? Mm. The same with death or illness. It happens, we're in this body, we get sick or people that we love will die. And again, I'm not trying to say we need to be okay with them. I'm trying to say is, and we can't have any experience of that experience. We can be joyful for the fact that we're on this earth and touched our hearts so much. We can be angry at the fact that they've, you know, quote unquote, left us. We can be sad and depressed. We can be anything with any of it. And we're not stuck with any experience. And that's the hope for us as humanity is whether we like or hate or judge or have an opinion, we can change our mind, we can see it with fresh eyes, we can have a new experience of something.
2: And I think that's a really hopeful place for humanity to be.
0: So something in There's something in sort of seeing the. That nothing is forever, like there's something in seeing the the fact that we are ever changing. Mm -hmm. You know, like sometimes when you're in an experience that you don't particularly want, it feels like, oh, my life has been like this forever and it's so unfair. But. When you start to actually look around at the world and how there's an ebb and flow there's there's birth and death there's starting there's ending there's constantly changing and evolving and to be in an experience and and what is it sydney says if if the only thing we could do is not be afraid of our own experience because you know it's not going to last forever because nothing lasts forever right right
1: I love that, Tracy, and I love the the sharing almost around nature. I mean, I think I might have said this somewhere in this week also to uh, another human being, but it's like we don't curse the tree because it loses its leaves in autumn. We don't curse the tree because it's standing still in the middle of winter, bare-branched. We don't judge. The tree, either. So, we are all in this beautiful ebb and flow of life. We're in this nature. We are part of nature, too. So, there are times when we are alive and energized and joyful and loving and, you know, in the moment. And there are sometimes when we're a little more tired or contracted or sad. And it's not that there's anything wrong. We're just in the ebb before the flow. If you were an inchworm, you need to contract before you expand, like this, you know? So it's sometimes we need to hunker down for a moment or a day or a week before we expand. That's nature too. So I guess the invitation there is not to look on it as the dark times of our life but rather the preparation for the blossom or the preparation for the expansion or the preparation for something new. Even in the darkest days. And everybody will have had dark days or will have dark days. I don't think any human escapes their dark days.
2: But we're not stuck with it.
1: We are
0: never stuck with that. Yeah. And there's something, you know, when I kind of came into this conversation first and I heard, um, you know, some people talking about how they could be okay with their experience, regardless of, of what they were in, Um I kind of, yeah, I have a ways to go before I get to that point, because, you know, when I'm in a shitty experience, I'm still unhappy with myself for allowing myself to be in this experience because, you know, I should know better than this. And I I saw recently how judgmental I was of myself. Like it was a massive aha. It was actually after the coaching intensive, a weekend that we were on together, I had a huge aha moment of seeing this layer of self-judgment that I had. And I have noticed since that how much easier I am with where I'm at. Like last week, I was in a really elated state after being on that conference and I had all these ideas floating in my head. But I knew it wasn't a place to create from because it was an artificial energy. It was just it was the the feeling that came on the back of being in that space for a few days. And I knew that I was going to crash afterwards because you can't sustain that forever. So I was able to kind of observe it from a place that was free of judgment of me, you know, going down, just being tired for a few days. But really just allowing it. Yeah. Really just being in that. You don't have to do anything. Like in the past it would have been, oh, I've got this to-do list and I've all these things that need to be done and I'm not going to get them done. And then I would have had so much thinking around that. Whereas it was just like, well, it doesn't need to be done today. And it was just the whole process was easier. And because of that, it moved. There was no resistance to it. it Literally, it moved through me so freely, so easily. And it was. I love observing things now from this understanding, just from a place of curiosity and going, oh, that's what that feels like. Okay, yeah, that's not bad at all. You know, it's there's just something really um, gentle about it.
1: I love that, Tracy, and I particularly love it for this reason, which is we can't or we're not in control, you could say, of what comes into our head because we will have random thoughts showing from the delightful to the murderous and everything in between. (laughs) Now, the bit that we do have control over, though, and this is really kind of cool, is how long we stay with it. So I heard this analogy and I love this. It's like you're in an art museum and you look at the art and you love this painting and you stay in front of it and you go, oh, I love the colors and I love the frame. And then you move on to the next painting and it's all the colors you hate, the frame is all wrong, it makes no sense and you're like, oh, well, let me take my curly sandwiches and my flask of tea and sit here all night and look at it. Well, well, it's the same with our thinking. We don't have to. We have the choice of whether we entertain it or not because it's in sitting down with the curly sandwich and the flask or you could say giving it energy or making it important or judging that I shouldn't be having this thought in the first place that's giving the energy to keep it in place, right? so the invitation is if you don't like the artwork if you don't like the thought move on Mm -hmm. because the nature of thought is to flow and like walking in the art gallery the next painting you come across you might love you might still hate and you can still move on but that's the point the point is If the nature of thought is to flow, it's our energy keeping it in play. We're holding it in play. And when we start to wake up to that more and more, we just, we don't sit in front of it all night. We don't move in with our sleeping bags (laughs) and go to a flashlight and say, I'm going to sit here and look at it all night because we, we just know it makes no sense. And so there's this great invitation to As you said, not judge, not make this matter or make it important or make it meaningful about us or our life. Because the feeling is telling us if it's contracted and constricted and urgent, thought not to be trusted, thought not to be trusted. Let another one come up and see where that will guide us to, what new piece of art we can
0: look at. Yeah. Does that make sense? yeah it does and you know what i hear more and more when i'm having conversations with people you know with clients and stuff is that everybody knows that like everybody knows on some level what makes sense to them it's they just have so much doubt around can I trust in my own thinking because Mm -hmm. I have all of this other thinking that other people have put into my head as well like we 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 absorb all these thoughts all these made-up thoughts that other people have passed on to us and it really clouds that that judgment or it clouds it's like it's all of this noise being pumped in from the, a speaker here and a speaker there with this noise from this person, and this noise from that person. And we can't hear the quiet of our own mind. And that's been a huge um, issue for me um, over the years was having these contradictory feelings. So mm. on one hand, feeling something but it contradicted so many other things that I had been hearing Hmm. that it felt for a long time like a tug of war. And it wasn't until I purposely did a shutdown, like I was starting to see glimpses of it and starting to, and it's not like I didn't know my own mind. I did, but I confused my wisdom with stubbornness for a long time. Ah, interesting. Because I would be quite uh, a determined person, you know, when I set my mind to something. So I saw that to me, it was like, am I being stubborn or is this something else that's trying to guide me? It feels like I'm being stubborn
2: mm. because
0: I don't want to do what somebody, somebody else is telling me to do. So it was like, but and is it ego? So there was all of these, this thinking around it. Mm. And the only way that I could tune into my my own common sense was to shut everybody else down and i literally did a complete shutdown for a few months where i i went quiet um and it was it was the best gift that i ever could have given myself because it's like yeah no you do know you do know and and that's what i hear in the conversations with everybody else is that confusion but like yes i'm hearing from them yeah you do know we do we do i think and i've used this
1: analogy for 100 years at this point so forgive me it may be something you've heard before but i love it because it's it reminds me of saint patrick's day basically when we've got the brass bands out and the majorettes and the you know the drums and all of it and it, it's a little bit like our heads are like that they're filled with all of this stuff from teachers from parents we've made judgments we've made opinions we've made values so it's like the trombone section and the brass band and the drums and it's all very noisy in our heads and
2: yet towards the back of the band you'll hear the piccolo or the flute playing And that is the
1: clearest, truest instrument in that sense. And that's akin to our wisdom. So in the noise of the the band, it's not that the piccolo or the flute ever goes away. It's just that the noise of our
2: head can tend to drown it out. But if we're listening,
1: listening for the flute you can even hear it amongst the noise and I think that that's the invitation for all of us there is we all have well I'll speak for myself though I have lots of discord and thinking and it should be this and it should be that and he should be this and she should be that and I should be this and I should be that you know there's a lot of it it's it's the way we experience life
2: is through our thinking. That's part of being
1: alive. But when I'm listening more to this, which is the discordant, loud, trombone, drum, uh, you know, I'm tend to be going down rabbit holes of my own thinking, made up versions of how I see life is. And when I'm listening for the flute and I am just touched by the nudges of that clarity, of that wisdom, of that grace, sometimes, I just kind of, this is what I'm doing. I know what we're doing. I'm in flow or I'm writing or I'm speaking or I have a new idea that I want to put into, into the world. And there's just no effort So the noise in our head takes up so much effort and energy and we lose. It's almost like we lose solid ground in a way. It's just kind of like we're in this kerfuffle of craziness in our head. And it's like, no, no, we can feel the ground. We just need to turn away to a quieter space. And, And you did it beautifully for you and other people might do it beautifully for themselves. They might just get quiet with themselves, they might get still, they might meditate, they might do yoga. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter the thing. There's, there's no thing to get there, it's just, once we go
2: into the heart of our hearts, we're in tune, we're communing with the always already know. Whether it's burst or not burst in the world yet, we know.
1: And when we let that guide us, we just, even though it doesn't always follow logic as we would see it in our world, we just end up in the most amazing places being carried by this energy of life. I'm sure it's been described before, our GPS, our personal GPS, our journey in life not my mother's and not my brother's and not my aunt's or not my friend's. Mine, Fee's, Fee's journey, perfect for me, not for Tracy. Tracy's journey, perfect for Tracy, not for Fee. Wilhelm, my husband's journey, perfect for him, not for me. Imagine the divine engineering that we have that allows us to have the
2: perfect journey for us. If we just listen
1: because that's what's on offer for every single human being. We're not special, Tracy, you and I. Every single human being on this planet, all eight billion souls, they have access to this real-time responsive intelligence, this wisdom, this grace, this
2: common sense, too.
1: And I'm guessing at some level, everybody kind of knows it, but maybe not. You know, they they have a sense of it, but it's like, no, there's too much else going on in the world, I need to deal with this, 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 and this. So I guess the invitation is to look. And I call it experiment and have fun too, because to me, there's playfulness in this. I, just to tell you a story, I used to to hate not knowing. (laughs) A bit of a control freak. And many a day back in the days when I lived in Ireland, I would go to, uh, you know, when the circus would come to town and there'd be a fortune teller or there'd be the gypsy caravan up on the hill or whatever. I used to love getting, you know, tarot and cards read and all of that because I wanted to know my future. I want to know who I was going to marry and what was going to happen. And I fell out of love with that. It took me a while, but I did fall out of love with that because what each of us are standing in front of.
2: Is an infinite unknown. And my known
1: was just, if I look back on my life, Tracy, my known was so small that I would have probably lived next door to my parents, worked in a county council, or done, you know, just, it would have been this. It would have been a a percent, maybe, of what, what has happened simply because of relaxing let life carry me. So I've lived in 10 countries. I've coached millionaires, billionaires, and the poorest in the world. I've worked in prisons and hospitals. I, you know, none of that was created by me. I mean, of course I showed up and I got on a plane and not suggesting that I didn't buy a ticket, but I mean, in the sense of the opportunities that show up, none of that was me.
2: And I love that
1: I could just and still do stand at the edge of the unknown. Some people would call it an abyss. What I call it is something like Harrison Ford's movie. And I can't never remember the title of it. I really should look this up.
0: It's the I know the one you're talking about. It's one of the Indiana Jones movies. Thank you. One with Sean Connery in it. And it's the one where he walks out over the crevice and there's an invisible bridge. And it's only when he steps out on it that it starts to come out. That's Indiana exactly. Jones it. and the Last Crusade.
1: Thank you. I'm going to write that down at the end of this call. So anytime I talk about it, then I
0: go down the name.
1: Back. I, but I think that's... I watched
0: it over Christmas. So it's fresh in my memory. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but that's what happens. It's like it looks like there is nothing, but the space is full of everything. The space is infinite information. And when we put our energetic fingers into that space, we get. From it, what's for us? And sometimes, yes, we do need to experiment. And not everybody that I'm going to listen to this is going to say, yeah, I trust it. And off I go. It's kind of like play with it. Experiment. But it has been with you your whole life. And you'll see it if you look back at key decisions, you knew. You absolutely knew. Sometimes we can override it. We have free will after all. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we know when something is the thing to do and we go, nope going to do this anyway and we let our logic take us off in that direction and sometimes we know and we follow it but that's what free will is in that sense we can follow our wisdom when we don't need to or have to but it's kind of cool when we do because it just takes us to places
2: that we could not dream of and I
1: love waking up and just knowing that there's an unknown or maybe you could say an always already known but we haven't touched into it yet like being midwife, being birthed in my life every single day I think that's
2: kind of cool
0: yeah I'm, I'm totally with you on the uh, not knowing and the things that I thought I knew never turned out the way that I thought they were going to anyway so Now I'm just in this space of I don't know what's coming down the line, but it's going to be cool. (laughs) You know, especially if I can stay in this in in a place of doing things that tickle my soul, then I'm pretty much guaranteed that things that show up are. They're going to be cool experiences and yeah, maybe there'd be some unpleasant ones as well, but hey, like. Uh, I've done okay to date with the unpleasant ones that have shown up. So I'll be cool. I, I, can, I can deal with that too. But yeah, there's, it's like getting surprises, you know, for Christmas and for birthdays. What do you want? I don't know. Surprise me. Yes, that's kind of, It's like I'm saying to the universe, I don't know what I want. Just surprise me. I I'll, I'll <laughs> like it, whatever it is.
1: And it's not a pair of socks. So that's great. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: and even if it is you know okay cool yeah socks are cool too i like socks i like having a renault syndrome so you know socks are good <laughs> keep my feet warm yes good idea though yeah Sock. yeah yeah that's cool love that some beautiful insights in there fee um, definitely just lovely things to think about um, so thank you so much for coming along and sharing your wisdom and um, for your beautiful energy today. I really enjoyed this conversation.
1: Oh, it was beautiful, Tracy, And thank you for, first of all, inviting me for um, being the first Irish person on this podcast. I'm so thrilled. And just for what I love about this conversation is honestly, we're looking we're looking together freshly in the moment there there's no in a way there's no preparation for this because the more we are in the moment the more that the the things that need to be heard or the things that need to be said are in the room Uh, and we don't know who this will impact or how our
0: words will land but it will be just perfect for who it's perfect for Yeah. And that's, that's exactly the, the, I suppose the premise behind it in the first place was, um, yeah, just show up and and show up and show up and see what shows up. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so
2: much.
1: Thank you.